0: Welcome to Raising Connections. I'm your host, Shan Mayer. This is the program where we talk about all of your critters, companions, commerce, and agriculture. Today, we have a family affair from Full Moon Farm, and boy, are we going to have some fun. Sitting in front of me, could you introduce yourselves? Sure, Karen Fulton.
1: This is Stephen Fulton, Karen's husband.
0: And in our ears, we have their daughter. Could you introduce yourself, Woosh?
2: I'm Woosh Fulton. I am the oldest daughter. We're missing our youngest daughter, Grace Fulton.
0: First of all, we have to ask. We can't ask your parents, so we're going to ask you. You are a very accomplished writer, and how old are you?
2: I am 28.
0: One of the conversations we were having off air, and if anybody wants to see the picture, we're going to take a picture of your parents holding you up on the equiary when this is finished. If you want to see and you're listening to this podcast and you want to put some names and faces together, we'll have them for you on the website. When you decided to start writing, you almost didn't have a choice because you grew up with this. And you grew up in a very different environment than most of your cohorts in Howard and Carroll County in Maryland. At 28 years old, you are on the phone because you're in North Carolina. You are an accomplished rider, which is a small percent of the population. And my guess is you grew up very quickly because of the equestrian background.
2: It was a great way to grow up. And I'm not sure they meant it, but our parents were encouraging of both my sister and I to do other things. And looking back on it, I'm not sure how they would have made that happen with their schedule, but... They at least pretended to be genuine and say, if you wanted to play soccer, that's fine. But yeah, growing up on the farm was a great way to grow up. When they encouraged you to do other
0: things, was it from a young age? Because you were born on the farm, but that was not their first careers. Do you think that your love of horses would have happened otherwise?
2: uh honestly, that's something I never thought about. Not having horses in my life wasn't, yeah, it's was nothing I've, I've even thought about. So yeah, I can't really answer that question.
0: So our daughter has a very similar answer. The, well, we had horses when we grew up, but I didn't know I had a choice, but they were just here. So I think it was in the genes and then part of the environment came together and it just kind of happened. As parents of someone who is a rising star in the field, what does it make you feel
3: like? Proud. Yeah. Both Woods and her sister, Grace, they've just been really good kids and really easy. And it just makes us really proud.
0: When you see these young women out there competing and doing their thing,
3: what goes through your mind as parents?
0: Because you're both riders, you're both in the equine industry, and you met in riding lessons and farrier work. What goes through your head to see your daughters out there doing a sport that a lot of folks think might be dangerous?
1: Well, it is. So is life, and so is driving, and so is your motorcycle, and so is dating. There are an awful lot of things that are dangerous. The girls all both very good at what they do.
3: I remember at Iron Bridge, that was our scariest moment. That was the first time Woodge and her pony were out of sight because there were woods. cross country. So we had people staked out at different jumps to report back to us to make sure that she made. So that was, again, as they've gotten older, it's it's gotten easier, I would say.
0: Now would have been pre-cell phone days.
3: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for, for
0: sure. sure. That's even, that report that was back like was not
3: smoke, instant. Smoke signals. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was pretty nerve wracking.
1: So. Not to say that watching girls at upper levels can't be nerve wracking. You know, it's easier to go out and look at the great big fences after they've jumped around successfully and ahead of time, which is really scary. But once again, they're prepared, they're smart. And, and they're riding good horses yeah. and are
3: well-trained. How old were you when you set
0: your first horse? Do you even remember?
2: No,
3: no, I did not. She had her first pony when she was two weeks old. We went and bought Obi. That was probably more for us. Well, more for me than yeah, for Woods, but two weeks old. But two weeks, that's a, that's pretty early. Uh, her first tour show oh, was yeah. at garrison for She was 18 months old and she fell asleep on Rascal because they took too long in the lead line. Oh my goodness. We still have that ribbon. So it's the rhythm and the
0: motion put her right to
3: sleep. There you go. So can you tell us, and the listening audience, where you're at and
0: what you're doing?
2: Yep. I am in Aiken, South Carolina with four horses down here for the winter, which is sort of like January 2nd. And then mid-March, we will go to Carolina International, which is in Southern Pines, probably... I don't know, six hours from here. And then from there, we'll head back up north and go home. We got a little bit spoiled. The last two winters at home have been quite nice. And I was starting to think, maybe I don't need to come down to Aiken. Luckily, I did because they've just had a bunch of snow. And while it was freezing cold and disgusting here, I didn't have much to complain about to the people at home because ground here doesn't freeze. So you can continue training and getting a head start on the season.
0: So while you're in Aiken, you're not just training horses. What are you training for?
2: Uh, Well, training horses, the main goal is selling horses. Um, I have three sale horses down here with me right now. And sort of, you know, the U.S. is hard to sell horses because it's so big. So sort of Aiken, Ocala, and Wellington would be your three big sort of hubs for the winter buyers. So you can, you know, sort of draw a large audience. And with there being a lot of horses here for sale, it's easy to get people on flights. You can come down, look at several horses in a day instead of, you know, having to fly to one place where you're going to get snowed out and then another place where it's freezing cold and you only have the indoor. So, like when we're done with this phone call, I'm going to take a horse to a farm next door. Someone's going to ride it there. That's like an agent. And then if that goes well, their clients will fly down on the weekend and try her again. And then there's lots of sort of schooling opportunities. And lots of shows every week. You can really do as much or as little as you want while you're down here. And then with my top horse Cash Point, owned by Nelson Mornell, he is getting fit and getting ready to begin his season in two weeks at Pine Top and get sort of a, a head start on his competitive season. And Cashpoint
0: is photographed with you doing some beautiful jumps on to- on the equiary cover here. Month of December, so how's your picture? Part. Tell everybody what discipline that you're working for. Aiken is known for so many winter. Hoffman, Aiken, that area is known for so many different types of course training. What is your specialty? The picture kind of gives it away. Um,
2: my, yeah, my specialty is an eventing. So that's three phases, dressage, cross-country, and star jumping. And the dressage would be sort of the harmony and submissiveness phase and the cross-country test bravery and stamina. And then on the third day, the show jumping is how well they were prepared for the cross country, how fit they are to continue and their carefulness and agility over fences. And then throughout there's vet checks to make sure that the horses are well and fit to continue.
0: And this is part of the business that you've created and spun out of Full Moon Farm.
2: Yep, that's correct.
0: Could you tell us a little bit about that and how your husband's involved with it?
2: Sure. So we run FMF Equestrian. My husband, David Tickler, is a grand rider, And yeah, we have a training sales and competition business on the backside of Full Moon Farm. And it's great because we get all of the amenities of the farm without having sort of the high foot traffic of the busy lesson barn.
0: It's good to have everything in one place. It makes it a family affair. It does. It does. You should see your mom sitting here on pins and needles. <laughs> so when you say the back side of the farm, do you literally mean the back side of the farm?
2: Yep. So sort of the main property, which was the first part that was purchased, has the majority of the horses and the paddocks, et cetera. And then the top third of that we have the arenas and the places to ride. And then in the middle of the farm is our giant cross country course, hay field, water jump, banks, all the fun stuff. And then on the back, it's probably not even a third, but on the back side of the property we have 15 stalls in our paddocks and some employee housing back there. So it's some days the hack to the arena is nicer than others, but it's nice and we're sort of secluded and our high maintenance sources can be looked after without having to worry about sort of the traffic and the craziness of all the cute kids.
0: Can you give us the name that you have provided your business?
2: FMF Equestrian.
0: And the focus of that business is
2: the main focus is competition and training and then sales are sort of secondary to that
0: are you still actively competing your picture says yes
2: yes i am competed yesterday competing on saturday competing tuesday after that Um, yes lots of competing
0: and you've been very successful at the five-star you've competed at the three-star you've had many different areas what's your favorite what's your favorite
3: level
2: Cool. favorite level would probably be prelim, which is sort of right in the middle. As you sort of go up the levels, it's big enough to feel like it's exciting and you're going kind of fast and the jumps are, you know, not just logs on the ground, but at the same time, it's small enough there's not sort of the pressure of the top levels.
0: One of the articles that I recently read in January Between the Ears, published by Eventing Nation, was so helpful in it. for so many writers. I've heard some buzz about this. So just to capture the spirit of this, when we come back let's have the conversation about changing the writing after an event that's happened that changes your perspective. Perfect. Join me, Raishan Mayer, from Mariah Belmander Kennel for our new adventure, Living Life Tails Up podcast, combining everyday life with what goes on at the Kennel and farm, a bit of humor, some ideas, and some positive happy bubbles. We're living tails up, nose down, and staying on track. We hope to see you on Living Life Tails Up for five to 10 minutes worth of happy, happy bubbles shooting out there in the atmosphere. See you soon. Welcome back to Raising Connections. I'm your host, Raishan Mayer. We have to know, Stephen, why you were such a darn beacon. If you're pulling her here from the Midwest, ruggedly so, handsome, it's like the mm-hmm. bat
1: signal in a <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure about that. My yeah. husband was on a boat somewhere wow, in the I Navy, and there. I think I heard that bat yeah.
1: symbol. Yeah, I'm going there. So basically, like Karen just said, Karen basically quit her job, got pregnant, and we bought a farm all the same year. Normal, so it almost sounded yeah, like a pretty, a pretty pretty good, good, good business plan. Yeah.
0: So you actually are a trained farrier. You went to Meredith Manor, and that's how you met. You were doing, you were doing the feed at the barn that she
1: was riding at. No, yeah. So we were both teaching. I was teaching at a farm in Silver Spring. Karen, when she moved out here, the National Zoo was looking for a barn. So we met there. I didn't go to doing school until two years after that. I guess it's been about 38 years, I think. Before that, I worked with horses, trained, and then I met Karen and everything changed. I so
0: know. what's your specialty in training?
1: trying to get things to jump <laughs> horses. Mostly. I realized early on that my career as a trainer or rider wasn't going to be anything to retire on. Okay. And that, um, you know, we talk about different things you can do in the horse industry to make a living. Being a farrier is really one of the few very good ways to do it. I've heard most horses have four hooves. Four hooves? Yep. Yeah. Most of them. If they don't have four feet, it's not my fault. And we have people, parents ask us what their kids should do to be in the horse industry. And really is. It's a rule. It's it's such a tough one to make a living in. Of course, Expo used to have guest speakers. And Amy Burke, who runs the University of Maryland equine program, asked us one time to give a talk on how to run a successful, profitable boarding barn. We said we can, and it only takes one sentence because you can't.
0: It's a tough business. A lot of people will see the barns and see the properties and think they're very rich. The people Mm -hmm. who live there must be rich. They have no idea how much time and effort and vacation
1: money it doesn't exist and there are a lot of barns out there that are own beverage people that's great and those are great clients and those are excellent but, investment properties you know, but our girls grew up with horses that one of us shoes horses one of us teaches riding so it's not like we have gold mines or inherited money or anything fun you mean you're normal i wouldn't there I think about their daughters
0: there you go well it seems like your daughters have been very successful mm-hmm. so the story of full moon farm the way i've heard it is after work Only time to get the work done at the farm because you were working jobs, having children, moving all this around, doing it in one year. And the only time to get the work done at the farm was by the full moonlight.
3: Made it a lot easier, including riding before we had lights. So that's, that's about right.
0: That's a real passion to choose to do this together to take the leap of faith to leave jobs to have a new family. Children are expensive.
1: They are. Children are expensive.
0: But you made this leap of faith and it worked out for you. If someone were to come along and say, "I think I want to follow in your footsteps," what advice would you tell them to
1: do?
3: I don't
0: oh, know. You can
1: see these looks. Go to school, get a real job, do this for fun on the side. Which didn't listen.
3: We always tell people it's a really great lifestyle, but you're not going to get rich doing it. So again, it just depends what your goals are and what you. You need as a person.
0: We're going to transition a little bit here. As long as I've got you here and you're talking, Full Moon Farm offers a wide variety of activities. So the model you have is diversification, diversification, diversification. Yep. You have small horses that go to libraries. You have the chalet. Right? Chateau. Chateau. <laughs> Chateau. Same difference. Yeah. yeah, the little building in the... Uh, so you have the chalet. You have all of these services. You have so many different Things mm-hmm. you have competitions, you have not competitions, you have parent events, mm-hmm. you get to drink wine and go hack out, Yep. and then do birthday, yoga, birthday between. parties,
3: yoga, paint parties, yeah. Where does the inspiration for this come from? Hiring good people that are smarter than we are. And that's the key as we've gotten to be a little bit bigger. That's allowed us to diversify. And that's always been a little bit of our model. We always used to say anything that's legal that you can do with horses, we'll give it a shot. So the birthday parties, summer camps, sleepovers, we've just been approved legally to have a wedding venue at the Chateau. All of those things and then bringing in new people that are maybe a little more strategic about the social media and that sort of thing. The stir up a good time, which is our adult weekend thing. Again, we can't take credit for that. That's Christine. But all of those things have sort of helped to reach different people. We're taking 10 people to Aiken um, on February 14th. 10 horses, 10 people, 10 families. To go train and hit a couple competitions down there. Again, just having lots of different things that feel like they can participate in has been the key.
0: In the article that Woods talked about between the years, she's quoted as saying, My mother thrives on chaos.
3: Yeah. Thrive is the right word, but I do okay. That's, yeah. For some people, the amount of
0: diversification that you have going on at Full Moon Farm may seem like way too much. But does it work for you?
3: It does. It, it does. See we'll do um, the nodding of the head. Hat. Hat. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. And we have tried different things. We were a Pony Club riding center for a couple of years, which is a great thing to be. Pony Club is great stable management. Like we love the model, we love the idea. But what we found is that it just conflicted too much with the things that we were already doing. So instead of being able to take adults and kids to an unrecognized competition on the same weekend, there was a Pony Club competition, which would limit who we could take things to. And so we really felt like we were working against ourselves. Although we love the stable management part of it, we loved all that. It just took away from the other things that we needed to do and we were eliminating people. So we didn't do that anymore.
0: The diversification is what makes you thrive. I think so. You have no days that are the same, I would think.
3: No, not in exactly what we're doing. I mean, the lessons, you know, keep running. We've still got that. We changed our scheduling system last year when we went to, um it's called Hopti or Hopti, H-O-P-T-I, which is out of Sweden or Finland, which allowed Ashley, who's our barn manager, HR person, it freed up probably 40% of her time that so people can do its online scheduling and it works really well. It costs us some money to do that, but that's also freed up so much time that no one wants to It's no
1: fun Spend to Spend on the phone, returning calls over and over and over.
3: So this sort of streamlined the whole scheduling thing, which was great, which was a huge thing. And now that people know how to do it, it's been a real a real
1: benefit for us.
0: So if we want to schedule and we want to come find out, where do we find you and how
3: do we find out?
1: We're in the equerry.
3: You. <laughs> you definitely have to see the equerry. Our website is fullmoonfarm.com and that would be the place to start and you can scan through that and that would, if you want to schedule a lesson, that links you to the Hope D website and you can go from there and you can always pick up the phone and call us if you're not sure how to do that.
0: Where are you located? You're actually in Carroll County.
3: We're just over the line. We're in Finksburg. So we're very convenient to Baltimore City, Baltimore County, obviously Carroll County. We have a lot of people that ride from Howard County that take the drive north right up 32.
0: And that please and thank you, Barn. I love that. It's It's one of the basics. It's important. Yeah, it's really important. So you come, you get some life skills, you get some balance, you get some people who might feel the way you feel right? and you start building your community and you find your path forward. There you go. All the way from the old ones to the young ones.
1: Yes. And we have young ones and old ones riding. I don't know who our oldest rider is, but I think we have people older than me. In their 70s. Yeah. We're doing it and having fun. In a barn. Time is ageless. You just sort of have to age the barn. It's funny when you talk to people sometimes who don't ride. They're like, oh God, I mean, I'm 45 and too old to ride. It's like, yeah, don't talk to me about being too old to yeah. ride. You know.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us. If we want to learn more about Full Moon Farm. Where do we find you and how do we get in contact?
3: Our website is probably the best link, which is fullmoonfarm.com. We're also on Instagram and also on Facebook. We've got a couple of different Facebook groups and you can also private message me, Karen Fulton on Facebook as well. Number. And the farm number is 410-795-8371. And if they call? find out. Did you come from the equiary? Did you see? Where did you
0: come from? How'd you find us? Yeah. Welcome to the full moon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Karen and Stephen and Wood for joining us today. I appreciate all of your time and thank you for being part of the Maryland Horse Council. Thank
3: you. This program is a production of Raising Connections Media Company, hosted and produced by Rashan Mayer and edited and mixed by Robin Temple. For more information about our programs, visit RaisingConnections.com.